Dating Skills Review, the central source for dating advice for men, brings you the Dating Skills Podcast. Hey, this is Angel with another episode of Dating Skills Podcast, and today we have Hypnotica with us. Hi, Hypnotica. How are you doing today? Feeling good? All good. It's great to have you here. We just recently reviewed your book, um, Metahor, which came out about six months ago, I think. So first, I'd just like to kind of get your ideas behind why you wrote that and you know what you wanted to communicate. Well, I wrote it for the reason that I, you have it inside you, and this is something that it took a long time to get there, and I came from the position where a lot of the guys in the community came from, not really knowing what to do, overweight, I was fat, I was extremely white, freckles, pimples, so I consciously went through the steps on where to get to the point where I feel extremely confident in myself and my success and my interactions with women on pretty much every level. So it would be a shame, I think, for someone to have gone through that and not be able to give back a little bit of the, the steps and the learnings that it took to get to the point where I was at and where I'd feel comfortable. Where I think a lot of guys are trying to get to. So that's really why I, I wrote the book for the reason. I mean, I, I didn't write it because I'm a writer. I'm definitely not a writer. I wrote it just because of the fact that I think that there's a lot of guys that can get a lot out of the book. And especially on the, the sexuality level, where I'm getting lots and lots of feedback and, and testimonials from guys just emailing me out of the blue, like, I'm glad you wrote this book because it made me think that I was fucked up in the head or I had all these urges or it wasn't natural. So I'm getting a lot of that. I think it's a good thing that the book went out, even though it rubs some people raw. But I think it, overall, it's just another viewpoint that most people didn't put out. So that's pretty much why I wrote the book. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I enjoyed about it was, you know, the honesty. It's very authentic, and I can understand that the scenes that you describe, which are kind of embarrassing, most people wouldn't, wouldn't want to put out there. So I think relating to those guys who said, hey, thank you for writing the book, it's because, you know, they, they, they feel normal because they know that there's other people out there and they don't, it's something that they don't have to hide or whatever. Do you want to relate one or two of those kind of things that you think people should feel normal about that they generally don't because of the way people view them or talk about them? Well, I think people should feel extremely normal about being vulnerable, being able to open up and, and say things that are absolutely pretty much normal in life. Vulnerability, a lot of guys think, oh, I need to hold on to my emotion or I can't let it out. But the thing that there is, is there's a certain strength with vulnerability because vulnerability has a certain softness to it. And when you have a certain softness, you're actually more human. You're actually more able to relate to people. You can be more empathetic. And those are the things that I think are powerful. So when a person can actually say whatever he wants to say, and understand yeah. that he's got such a strong, solid sense, core confidence inside himself. No matter what anyone says, it doesn't matter because he's just being his own unique individual self. And there's no one that can say, hey, this is right, this is wrong, because nobody knows what's really right, what's really wrong. So it's basically the person's own unique opinion of what they bring to the world. You know, what's their own unique gift? What's their own unique perspective? And without that, then we're all clones. We just walk around as robots in a certain paradigm and... And that's death to me. So it's really about the, the birth of creativity, the birth of, hey, being okay with being yourself, being your own unique individual, really. Great. Are there any specific examples you could give like, of things that you think probably occur for a lot of people, but they don't talk about them? But this could go right with masturbation. You know, lots mm -hmm. of guys, you know, now I think it's getting a little bit more 
open. I think with the internet has really helped out open a lot of things on a lot of different levels as far as ideas, as far as other people out there that have similar interests. Uh, and I think like something like masturbation, guys, you know, at least in my generation, you know, masturbation was taught to be oh, it's bad, it's dirty. It's very, it, there was a big religious um, I like to say the the religious right of telling you what's right and what's wrong is rotting away a little bit because they were saying, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. And I don't know so much about this generation coming up, but I feel like a lot of people were put to shame like it's bad. And it's it's not bad. It's it's just a natural, normal process. I mean, anytime you can, A, release good feelings into the world, I think that's good. Anytime you can get a release of tension and let the chemicals run through your body that relax you, that's good. I mean, I think the only thing that's bad is if you keep on doing it, you know, 20, 30 times a day and you overdo it. But something like that where you can just easily talk about it, it's more open. It's more honest. It's more just you being you. I mean, I wouldn't make it the conversation of the family dinner, but, you know, when you're out with your friends, if you can laugh at it, you can joke around, then you're more at ease with it. And once you have that tension relaxed in your body, then you're able to flow more easily. Things to that nature. I mean, lots of shit happens. Shit happens to people all the time. I mean, I had a really, really weird experience. Probably the weirdest experience happened two days ago to me. And, and I don't ever get thrown off ever. I'm like, that's one of my things is I've been there. I've done it. I had a friend and this is, I'm still a little weird on this. I had a friend that I know from, I don't know, maybe 10 years, a manly man. I mean, this guy who's like six, five, 200, you know, almost 300 pounds, six, five construction worker, just a man, man, the most manly man that I know. All right, put it that way. And he came over. I haven't seen him for about a year, you know. And he, he says, hey, you know, Eric, I got to leave my tools there. I go, yeah, I left your tools there. Come on over. So he comes over, and we're just sitting there talking, kicking back. And he's older. He's, you know, he's about, I don't know, 15, 20 years older than me. And in the penitentiary, like one of these guys, you know, not a guy mm-hmm. to be messed with. And out of the blue, he just says, Eric, can I see your dick? And I was like, what? He goes, your dick. I, I, would, I would really like to see your dick. And I'm kind of getting a little nervous. I'm like, what are you talking like? Is this a joke? Like, <laughs> okay, what's going on? And he goes, no, I really would like to see your dick. And I go, no, I go, I'm not going to show you my dick. But you want to see, you want to see a picture of it? Here, here's a picture of it. Here's my, here's my photo that gets sent out to the girls who want to see my dick. Here you go. <laughs> and, uh, and then it kept on. And then he, you know, he kept on. He's like, well, you know, I'd really get great pleasure. And he basically came out. This is a guy that I thought I knew like the back of my hand for an mm-hmm. hour sat in a room and he was pushing on it and he's a big guy so i was like okay i need to i need to grab a hammer here because <laughs> he's looking at me like i'm his next dinner and you know i mean he goes through the whole thing this went on for an hour and i was like pleading that somebody would come and rescue me because i was just in a very weird situation i was trying to make you know fluff it along fluff it along and yeah he basically said can you you mind taking your shirt off and working out in front of me i'm like look this is my deal (laughs) and then he goes on to tell me he likes to he likes to be on the bottom and he loves it when the cock's in his mouth because it almost makes him come without even touching himself so i mean (laughs) these are the kind of conversations and and shit that happens like you never know when it's going to happen it was very odd and he left because i had a a client coming in but i felt extremely weird but shit happens and shit happens to a lot of people and so it's like when you can just get it out of your system and, 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 and let it go, it becomes funny. When something becomes funny, and whether it's masturbation, whether it's premature ejaculation, whether it's anything, mm-hmm. you get that tension out of your body. Once the tension's out of your body, then you're back more into the flow. But that's the kind of stuff that happens. I like the way you put it. Like it's this tension in your body that is kind of trapped and 
and I guess it's going to come out in weird ways and interrupt what you're doing. You know, if you're approaching women or you're, you know, you're meeting women or whatever it is, it can hold you back, I guess. It can temporarily hold you back. I mean, it depends. If you let it build up, I kind of look at like, imagine like a sink and, you know, there's mm-hmm. hair in the sink and sometimes if there's enough hair in there, it kind of slows it down. But if you don't do anything about it, pretty much it, it stops. And if you realize that there's always going to be a little cloggage somewhere down the line, as long as you keep moving forward and you do something actively to kind of clean it out, uh, you start to move forward. For example, like guys on approaching, I know they have this big thing on guys on approaching. I don't don't really even look at it that way, but a lot of guys do. And so they're out there and they don't realize that it's like anything. It's like working out. It's like starting a vehicle. There's a warm-up phase and nobody really likes to do the warm-up phase. Even the best people that I know that are good at it, even the guys that are the top guys that teach this stuff that I know go out all the time say, hey, the first three times suck. But the first time, it's just like you're warming up. It's like stretching a muscle. You just don't go to the gym and grab 300 pounds and throw it up. you got to ease into it. And the first time always sucks. Just like getting out of bed and going, God, I'm going to go to the gym. It sucks. Then once you start getting into the groove and you start getting warmed up, you start to find the flow. And I think a lot of guys are afraid of taking that very first step, but that's just like warming up. And once you look at it like you're just warming up, it's okay. Even the one of the top guys was saying, he, he doesn't even know what he's going to say. He just makes his feet move in that direction. He's, he's like saying, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But his feet just walk him into that direction. And he says usually something pretty stupid. He goes, once that's done, it, you know, the hair, the clog that we were talking about, a big chunk of it gets moved. And then the next time it's like the rest of it gets flues. And pretty soon the water starts flowing. That's a little analogy that may help people. I don't know if I answered the question completely. Yeah, that, that definitely fits with what I know a lot of the people, they, you know, the, the guys teaching this stuff that they do in real life, you know. So that, that fits with what I know as well. There's a big difference between knowing it in your mind. Lots of people always wonder, hey, how do you present new stuff that I've never presented before? And the only way to really do it and learn it is to go through it and do it and experience it. You can read all the stuff, and that's kind of why the whole PUA system is in kind of the way it is right now, because it's just theory out there. Everyone's kind of talking theory, and when you talk theory, there's nothing new being brought to the table, because it's like, oh, I brought this. You're not getting the experience, and when you get the experience is when you get the unique concepts, and you get the unique ideas, and you get the unique systems that roll through your body. Like some of the concepts I presented this year that were brand new at the conference that we did with the Casanova crew guys is, basically, I said, hey, are you guys afraid of clowns? And they go, no. And I go, but I want you to think about something. The amount of makeup on a woman's face is the the distance that she is detached from reality. And a clown puts on makeup and they entertain you. Okay, a woman also puts up makeup and entertain you. A, a woman is just really kind of like a pretty clown, you know, to start to shift the perspective. I go, now, if you walked up in a bar and you saw and you had some makeup off and you sprayed it on their face and it melted the makeup off, do you think that they would still be as confident as they were if they were dressed up like the pretty clown? And lots of guys said no. And I said, that's what you got to understand. You're talking to an illusion. You're talking to something that's put up to make believe. And I said, so when you understand that, then you guys start to see things a lot differently. And the other thing is when a woman's getting ready, you know, how long does it usually take? Usually about an hour and a half to two hours for the average woman. And I said, what do you think when she's getting ready that she's thinking about? She's fantasizing about when she's shaving her legs, when she's shaving her pussy, when she's making sure that she's absolutely prepped. She's doing a ritual in her head of a type of man that she wants to meet. And when she can think to herself, like, man, I hope I meet this kind of guy. Do you think it's the average guy that comes up and just goes, hey, what's your name? Or can I ask you a question? No, it's a guy that throws the lightning bolts that knocks her off her feet. That's what she's doing in her head. That's the type of ritual. I said, so when you go out, you need to understand what has been going on inside this woman's head when she's getting ready. What 
what type of guy and for you to step in and become that guy and be that guy so you help her with her her fantasy so i wouldn't have known that if i didn't keep on going through the process if you go through the process you understand these things and you start to think about it differently compared to if you just stand on the outside and you're thinking about it and you're contemplating it in your head with your pool of buddies you don't get to see things that free your thought process up it's interesting to look at it from the women's side of you know if you've had a few girlfriends and, and whatever you see that you know all of the effort they put up front right some special occasion you know that it can go two weeks in advance they're stressing about the dress they're going to wear what, what they're going to look like and so on so in a sense i guess they get over the tension before the event in their preparation and then the guys have to deal with it at the event does that make uh, sense to you yeah, I'd say they're more like putting themselves on display. It's more like they're doing a, a model walk. So mm. they do have a certain amount of, I guess, tension built up. And, and women are wild. They want to let loose. So it's almost like that's their moment. They're going to shine that person that they've been building up on the inside. You know, when they look at the shoes and they're going, okay, they'll put this combination together for this combination. I mean, it's really just a big, like a party because they've been planning it. So when they're out there, they're going to put on that person. They're, they're not going to be brought down by a, a normal conversation. They don't want to. They want to be in that mode where they're out there having right. fun. Fun, letting loose and guess what guys you better be that guy who's able to do that and if you're just letting her ride the conversation or expect her to keep the creativity going in a conversation or bring her back down to a normal boring uh, interaction then you're going to lose if you're like hey i'm that guy who's going to be the tour guide through this night tonight and going to have fun and going to make it wild you're a hell of a lot better off than you're just that guy that's okay i'm going to go and approach this girl because they're going to eat you up because you're going to break down their vibe so you were you were talking about experience, the importance importance of experience over theory uh, a minute ago. And one of the interesting things you relate in MetaHorror is that you go through many extreme experiences. You know, probably a lot more extreme than anyone else I know has been through. So do you think that's kind of it's essential to go to extremes, or what kind of experiences do you think are helpful in gaining to get better at all of this? Well, the way I look at extreme is anything beyond what normalcy in a society is. It's kind of like you have the society which is protected by certain kind of universal little laws that everyone kind of agrees in. And that's where everyone is. And so it's just kind of said, like, if you're going out and you're looking for a treasure, you don't want to look where everyone else has been looking because you're not going to find it. You have to look where no one else has looked. So I don't believe that it's essential because I think you Mm -hmm. can learn a lot by staying in those parameters. But for me, because I like to kind of blaze the trails a little bit, I believe you have, you know, at least I like to go outside the extreme and do those things because then you start to see all the patterns that people run by and how many people want to stay in that little clone zone. But when they get a chance, they boom, they come out and they want to unleash and go into it. So, I mean, I believe if you're going to be a maverick, if you're going to be someone who really like goes beyond what people want and find new stuff. I believe you got to go extreme. If you just want kind of like a little bit, of you, you can excel extremely the other way. But I don't think you're going to get as many as the original ideas that are going to come to mind, if that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So let's put this into practice. Uh, what kind of things would you suggest the guys do in order to build up their experience a bit and get out of their comfort zone? The most obvious is actually go out. That's a good, mm-hmm. don't, don't even go out. They sit at their computer and they talk theory all day. I mean, if you go out, 
Tyler Durden from RSD, and I was watching him talk. He goes out every single night, whether he wants to or not. Even if it's for 20 minutes, you go mm-hmm. out and you get to know the vibe. Just doing that is extreme. And you start to realize, okay, you know what? There's a certain tendency. There's a certain pattern here. So, I mean, just going out is a big thing. Hey, walking up to girls is another big thing. Lots of guys don't even do that. It's only like 10% of the guys even do that. Being able to put sexual thoughts and ideas and seeds into a conversation, being able mm-hmm. to talk sexually. I mean, that's, for the most part, a little different than most things. Now, if you're talking like extreme, extreme, you know, there's all kinds of things. I mean, I'm a big advocate of doing psychedelics, you know, taking vision quests, going out into the forest and doing that kind of stuff. That's my own personal thing that helps me get out of my own head or gets me regrounded and let me see things differently. But I mean, even that going out, like I said, when I was in the book, going out and doing or wearing something extreme just to get the information, just to get the experience, just to get the people's reactions. I mean, that, that's huge when you see that. It, it gives you more uh, data to work with in your brain. And I believe the more data that you have of how people react and how people are, the more flexible you can become. And the more flexible you are, the more power you gain in any one system that you're working with, whether it's a person. You know, you can blend in with anyone. I can blend in, and I do, with people that are hanging out in, in jail or prison that have been there. I can hang out with people that are millionaires that are federal judges. I I have that ability because I've stretched my experience level between everyone in between because I've done those strange things and, mm-hmm. and put myself in those positions purposely compared to a guy who's been sitting on his computer talking about girls and you put him in the middle of a Playboy mansion party, he's going to be tripping out. So when it comes to girls, you think guys should, especially the younger guys, say, you know, under 25s who have you know, don't have that much experience of women, do you think... Because a lot of them may start out with this idea of what an ideal girl is and, you know, and they kind of got that vision in their head and that those are the kind of girls are always going for. Would you suggest that they try and break out of that? Is that a good thing? or No, I believe going for the gusto, always going for what you want. It, you may not have the best ratio, but once you understand that to a degree, it is a numbers game and you keep going, that's going to help you out a lot. And I think the big thing is, is guys take this out of context, is they think to themselves, oh, I really want this girl, but they haven't done shit to self-improve themselves themselves. And yeah. like I said, one of the questions I always ask is, would you date you? And you'd be amazed. I mean, I just did the seminar up in LA last week and I asked that question and like five guys raised their hands out of like 50. I said, guys, this is the big problem here because like if you wouldn't date you, why would you think anyone else would? That's huge. So all these guys are thinking, well, I'm not going to improve myself, but I want this girl who's a 10. It doesn't work that way at all. So I think the big process that guys got to go through is that they need to bring something to the table. They need to bring a good attitude. They need to bring a good energy. They need to bring something that's useful. So when these guys are just starting out, they're going to get blown out of the water big time. And Mm -hmm. I always say that the ratio... And a lot of guys say, oh, out of 10 girls, you should be hooking up with like three of them. That's a bullshit ratio. The real okay. ratio is about one out of 10 girls maybe will appreciate you going up to them. That's kind of the more realistic ratio for most guys. And even me, because you never know. You walk up to a girl, she's married. Okay? You walk up to a girl, she's got a boyfriend. You walk up to a girl, she's in a bad mood. You walk up to a girl, she's deaf, whatever. It doesn't matter. So one out of 10 is going to even appreciate you. And so, you know, you got to get good with that ratio. And I told the guy, like, look, if you knew that a treasure was, let's just say 10 feet or 15 feet below the surface, but you had to dig through rock, you had to dig through gravel, you had to dig through all the stuff to get there, would you dig? And they all go, yeah. And I go, it's the same with women. Now, if you knew underneath of that treasure, there's another treasure 10 to 15 feet down, would you keep digging? Yeah, absolutely. I go, good. So how far would you dig in order to get as much treasure as you wanted? And that's the whole process. Whereas a lot of these guys won't even approach one or they approach three girls and they're like, wow, I was blown out of the water. Big deal. Shit happens. Life moves on. They won't remember who you are 15 minutes from now. Keep going. 
and you figure if one out of, I don't care if it's one out of 20 girls, let's say you approach 40 girls a night and you're successful one time. Well, if you do that every night in the course of a week, that's seven girls. Okay, seven girls times four, four weeks is 28 girls. Okay, that's 28 girls that you're hanging out with. My vision of success is being able to hang out with who you want, when you want, however you want at any point in time. Like I always say, the lion likes to be fed and the lion will eat whatever he wants. The king lion doesn't go, okay, you know, I'm hungry now. I'm going to go out there and find something. The lion has food there waiting. And that's kind of how I like to think about it. Go and build that up for yourself. You can set the relationship boundaries and criteria right from the beginning. You just say, hey, I'm looking for a woman who's bisexual in nature. Are you bisexual? No, okay cool then you carry on a normal conversation once you have that all set up then you can create the life you want when you create the life you want you get to live the life you want how you want it when you want it and do those things and that in itself builds a certain comfort like my own personal i know you talked about the marriage thing uh, earlier you asked me a question but my own personal comfort zone is i like two women that i have a, a relationship with you know and that's normal like i live with my wife and right across the street in my other house is the woman that i see also been hanging mm-hmm. out for the same time that's my own comfort zone any more than that i start losing track of time i start getting a little mixed up on my managing stuff and i've gone up to like i said at one point 16 women that i was hanging out with you know 16 women that i was messing with at any one point in time but i was way out of balance this is my own personal balance like this is what makes me feel nice and content calm anytime i want and i can still go out there and go meet women if I want. That's my own choice because I set that up from the beginning. But that's where the comfort zone is. That's where contentment lies. And when you have that understanding of who you are, what you want, how you want it, and you stay strong with that, it's like your little kingdom. They're welcome to come. They're welcome to go. Once you have that, you have that contentment. And you know who you are, what you want. And then it's just a matter of being like an archaeologist and going out and finding the treasure and being okay with, okay, this one wasn't into it and things of that nature. Another thing I think a lot of guys make the mistake of is rating a woman on a scale of 1 to 10. So they're going, oh, she's a 10. I like to, this is another thing I introduced is, you know, I like to do a double scale where I go, okay, well, what's the combined rate of 20? Let's just say that looks is, you know, scale of one to 10. And I don't even like scaling this, but it helps mm-hmm. guys understand. Scale of one to 10, where, where's she at on the scale? Okay, so she's a 10. What's her personality like? Well, it could be a five. You're not going to know that unless you go find out. So I always say I'm not going to be interested or I don't attract any type of woman into my life that's not at least a 15 a combined effort of both of the numbers together. So I said, instead of that, instead of blowing yourself out of the water and saying she's a 10, why don't you find out what her total number is and then go from there? So you, she's, mm-hmm. a, she's a 10, but she's got a two personality, 12. They just go up oh, 12 and walk away. What, what does that mean? Oh, it just means I have this you know, way of structuring for your looks were a 10. You know, your personality is a two, not interested. It flips the balance a little bit back on to the woman when you can say that, not meanly, just very nonchalantly. When you know what you want, go get it. And everything else is uh, great. Totally, because when you were talking about the numbers game a second ago, I was thinking about there's a lot of guys out there who, you know, they'll go to a club and they'll approach free girls and then they'll give up for the night. And often their excuse is that there's not enough hot girls in in the club. What would you you, say about that? Is it got to do with this, like, this better approach of uh, personality rating combined with looks or, or is it something that's the wrong way of thinking about it? What do you think about that? Well, it's definitely the wrong way of thinking about it because of the fact that there's a certain warm-up phase. So if you're just mm-hmm. going there, you can you know, utilize any of the girls that are there just to strike up a normal conversation to get your conversation flow going. 
like I said, a lot of guys are so focused on the goal of getting laid that they miss everything else in between that's fun. When they, they go into that situation, you know, they're like, oh, these girls. But that could be helping them with their end game. So by the time that they see a girl that they're like, wow, that girl's really great, they're already warmed up. The juices are always flowing. They're fluid. They've kind of got their humor going. They've got all the tension of the week and the day and the stresses gone. So they don't look at it that way. And if they did look at it that way, where they're going up there and they're talking to women and just kind of warming up and using that as a warm-up phase for that platform. So when that woman that they do find is great, they're already warmed up, ready to go. So yeah, absolutely. They think about it wrong. And another thing you were, you were just saying was about balance and how right now for you, there's, you know, there's two women in your life and, and that's just about the right balance. I can relate to that because over different parts of my life, I've had different balances. I, th I think the highest I ever felt comfortable with was about three. And right now I feel comfortable with one. So it can change over life. Do you think there's different times in your life when there is this different balance? So say, say if you're 20 years old, there's a type of balance that maybe is good for experience gaining and, and for that time of life to get kind of a dating life that you can be content with in the long run. Maybe you have to gain more experience in the short run like a lot of people talk about, right? Yeah, I mean, at every phase of a person's life, you've got different things going on. You have testosterone at one level is spiking, so you're going to be a lot hornier. And I look at a lot of guys that are just like, oh, you know, I've never really gone out. Well, you know, you need to get out to find out what you want because all the women that I've been with in my life, I learned a little bit. I learned what I like, what I don't like, who right. I want to hang out with, who I don't want to hang out with. If you're so blinded by just getting uh, sex because you're like, oh, I'm getting sex, but you're missing all the fundamentals down like personality and the way that you guys interact together and the conversation and the mutual interest. If you're just blinded by that, you're going to get sucked in. So, you know, the more experience you get, the better, because then you can really fine tune what it is you want. And I think the balance point for everyone's going to be different. Like I said, my personal thing is too, I feel content with that. I know after reading some of David Data's stuff, I understood when he said, you know, the more masculine you are, almost the more feminine presence you need to balance you out. And mm -hmm. I've kind of felt that a little bit true with myself. If I feel one, I feel like I just feel a little off. Two is perfect. I'm like content. I'm like, everything's good. Focus on enjoying the work that I do more and things of that nature. And I don't know. This is something I was kind of on a on one of, let's just say, one of my spiritual journeys out in the woods. And it kind of made sense to me. I, I, I looked down and I said, man, like God is pretty funny the way he puts things together. I mean, it's right here in focus for you. It's kind of the elusive obvious. I looked down. I looked at, you know, I was naked and I looked down. And I'm like, hey, here it is. You have one dick and two balls. Okay. The man's the dick. The woman are the balls. Nature said itself. One on each side and you're in the middle. And I was like, that makes sense to me. <laughs> so that was my own personal revelation. Don't know if it's true or not, but it made sense to me. So yeah, every person is going to have their own balance point. And without finding out what that balance point is, they're going to be probably in a world of hurt as far as that goes as far as like finding that because if they find one and they're like oh you're the only one but maybe they secretly think that they need two you know and then also right. you gotta you gotta backtrack which is which is probably the typical guy right yeah because a typical guy in today's age, he's, he, you know, he probably gets married, but he has affairs or he's got a girlfriend and sometimes he, he cheats on her, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it's and, a and pretty I, typical model that goes, that goes on. So maybe those guys are still guessing. I mean, I've seen that firsthand. I mean, when I ran strip clubs, like I said, and was a stripper, you know, for, for 18 years. So I saw mm -hmm. that firsthand how all those guys would be with their, with their wives and come in and they're like let loose like, oh. So it was very apparent to me on what's really going on with guys on that level. And uh, absolutely, it's taken me almost like I said, almost 
37 years to come to that point where I found out where my perfect balance point is. And it took a lot of struggle and a lot of refining that situation because, you know, I'd be with a girl and I'd say, well, I like, you know, I like being with, you know, other women. But then you, you define it more because all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, how do you want being with her? Okay, well, maybe I wasn't really content with just, you know, having one and going out and having sex with another. That didn't fulfill me. What really fulfilled me was kind of hanging out with two, which I have a relationship with, which I can feel comfortable with on that level. So, you know, you're always learning and then you have to redefine it with the women, which is not really all that fair to them because they're thinking in their mind, okay, can I handle this? Yeah, I can handle this. But then they go, okay, now can I handle it with a girl that maybe he will sleep over at her house or maybe that they will hold each other's hands? It's another level. And so that was another level that you have to re-educate or re-educate not only yourself, but the person you're with. And they might not even be cool with it. So you're like, look, you're not really denying them. You can always walk away from them because in life you can do that. It's the matter of can you walk away from yourself and you have to be true to yourself and say, okay, well, this is what it is that I find that ultimate contentment. So you're going to get put in situations where there's going to be conflict, but that's the whole process. When you get to the point when you're completely content, you know what works, what you're looking for. It's not always the easiest path to get, but if it was, everyone right. would go and get there. I know Evan mm-hmm. or David D'Angelo in his other seminars, his Get Altitude, you know, he said something that made, made a lot of sense to me. He said, you know, success is counterintuitive. He said, it's easy to eat that crap in front of you. It's harder to prepare a good meal. It's easy to spend that money right that you have. It's harder to save. It's easy to just say, hey, this is what I want in a relationship instead of create the perfect environment that you want. It's going to be hard. But that's when it's going to be worth it as well. Right. So is there a lot of pain along the way? If, oh, if yeah. you want to really, you know, get a lot out of this and get the most out of this, is there going to be a lot of pain along the way? And if the answer is yes, how do you deal with it? How do you get over that? Because, you know, I think a lot of the guys, they want to avoid the pain. That, that's kind of a, a big part of trying <laughs> to learn this stuff. Well, if you're, if you're going to go to where you got to go, you're, you're going to feel it. And I don't really consider it pain. I consider it more heartache because if you do mm-hmm. get in with someone and you do enjoy their presence and you have a great time together, but you're missing a little aspect, you're going to feel it because she's going to say, you know what? I want something different. You know, there's been nine women or actually 10 now that have said, hey, I love you too. And the earlier, the ones that were earlier, you know, I was still kind of defining what made me tick. And a lot of those girls were like, Eric, I, you know, I love you. I, I wish we could be together, but I can't can't handle this situation. So, you know what, they're going to go and they're going to find something that they want. And anytime that happens, you're going to feel the sting. You're going to feel yeah. that, that heartache and that pain. And it's more, like I said, it's more like that vulnerability feel. It, it softens you. Now you can do one of two things. You can soften, open up and become more open and, and more sensitive and more aware or you can harden up, which a lot of guys do. That's what these get these guys that are like, fuck you, bitch, shit like that. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. So if you're going to feel it. So just get used to it. It's a part of life. Death is going to come and you're going to feel it. Those that you love, people in life, it's a part of life. You can't say everything's always going to feel good. But when you can really understand that, it's, gonna, it's, it's not hardening you. It's softening you and be okay with it and open and be good enough to take that pain and to feel it. The more real you're going to be because you're not running away from feeling. You're man enough to stand up and say, okay, here it comes. Boom, it's gonna, I'm going to feel the waves, and the waves are going to come through. You're going to feel it, and then you learn from it. So just get used to it, man. Now, there was something I read in uh, MetaHorror, which I was interested in, that, that you wrote, was that uh, you said that whenever you cheated on a girl or you, know, you slept with someone when you were in a relationship with someone, you can re-quote me if I get this wrong. You said the magic would go from, from the relationship yeah. afterwards. 
are, are you, do you want to know what exactly that means to me? Yeah, I'd well, just clarify that that's exactly kind of what you meant and, or, well, and you know, expl- okay. explain what it, what is that about? Well, in the beginning of a relationship, you know, or any relationship, you know, the, there's a certain level of trust where you're kind of living on that edge and everything's perfect and the, the connection's all there and there's openness, there's honesty and everything to that nature. The moment that you kind of, the moment that personally, me, I should say, that I went out there and my urges kicked in and my, my natural urges kicked in and let's just say that I cheated. When I came back, there was a sense of betrayal because maybe at this point in time, I really hadn't told the woman or didn't really know exactly what my own natural balanced urge was. So when I came back, mm. I felt that being pulled away from the relationship because of the fact that I knew that this is really what I wanted over here. And I really enjoyed this and it was great, but there was still another part of me or there's still another aspect of me that craved more of a balance in feminine energy. Right. So when that happened, I just instantly you know, I mean, the relationship can still be good, but it's kind of like that magic is gone. Unless I've found that the woman is absolutely appreciated of that and can consider that and absolutely fully believe in you with that. Then the magic stays because it's a part of that picture. Once you step out of that initial frame of what that or what you had in a relationship, that's when you lose it. But if you expand it with someone who can appreciate you for that, then it can grow. It's a small distinction that most people don't really ever figure out, but that's what I meant by that. That's great. Thanks for clarifying that. This this has been a great interview. We covered a lot of topics, and uh, I just want to thank you for putting the time aside for this. Cool. I want to thank you for putting that stuff out because I know there's a lot of bullshit stuff out there. And you know, actually, I, uh, a client came to me the other day who yeah. went to your, to your website and said, "Hey, I was just looking at your your reviews on the collection of confidence, and you had good reviews, and so I wanted to get in contact with you." And I know there's a lot of products out there that aren't very good. I know your 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 buddy didn't like certain aspects of that one product we did, and I understand yeah. I understand exactly where he's coming from on that. So it's one of those things. Some products are better than others, and that's the way it goes, especially in this time and place right now. Because there's so many guys that are just rehashing information. That's what always kind of bugged me is a lot of these guys can't do the results, and they just put the books out there, and then they expect guys to get advice from them, and it's just bad advice. And it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> well, like you say, it's all about the experience. Right. Absolutely. And there will be lots more to go. On that note, let me, do, let me add something in there about the experience real quick. It's, okay. it's always going to be different. What I found is when I was 20, the experience was a lot different going out to the clubs. Now that I'm mm-hmm. 40, I also noticed the experience is different at the clubs. I actually had one girl say, no, you're too old for me. Like, that was new. I wasn't expecting that. So it's a new way of things. So everything's going to adjust. I look at the guys now that are like 65 and 70. I don't look to the game guys anymore. I look to the older guys that are still pretty good with women. I'm asking them questions because, you know what, I know that I'm going to get there. The guys that are younger should be looking towards what I'm learning right now because of the fact that guess what they're going to get there as well and so it's always a progression and the game is going to change the older you get you know maybe you're losing your hair you know there's going to be certain frames that you got to think about differently and so just be prepared for the evolution of the game because you're going to have to evolve in one way or the other and become more flexible if you don't you're going to get sucked into the black hole of not knowing where the hell you are so just a little aspect to be prepared for is be ready because the game does change which is another reason to not get into the kind of the mindset where, you know, you've got to a point in your life and, and now you're going to stay, make everything stable, right? And stop learning and getting out of your comfort zone and stop doing new things because, you know, the truth is that life keeps changing and, and you've got to stay on top of it. 
you have to stay on top of it, or you're just going to be fine with the traditional white picket fence thing where it <laughs> just goes by and takes it, and that, nothing's wrong with that. But, you know, you're going to lose this, the new social dynamics that are going on, like things with Twitter, Facebook. Um, you know, there's all these new avenues of learning and meeting people. So if you fall out of the game and you don't stay on top of it, pretty soon, you're, you know, if, if it gets to the point where, say, you get a, a divorce, you don't even know where to start. So I always believe in keep your saw sharp because of the fact that it's going to keep you ready for anything. I mean, that's why I say, that, you know, this whole idea of meeting women is extremely I think it's one of the best ways to be to self-improve because of the fact it's you in a dynamic and it's you face to face with who you really are and you can't really run from yourself you can't lie to yourself or the guy in the mirror you're going to get confronted with your biggest deepest fears so it's the perfect platform for personal progress and development and I think a lot of guys miss that they think it's just about going out there getting laid no this is a the great avenue and a great platform to really find self-expression really find uh, self-esteem really find out who you are and to fix it and to adjust it in such a way that you feel that perfect balance with yourself. I totally agree with you on this point. And as you've probably seen as I have, that you know, a lot of the best guys at this have moved on to much better things afterwards in other avenues of their life as well. So they definitely took a lot that they learned from this whole process of learning, you know, about women and getting better with them and communication skills and so on. Uh, and to, you know, they just pushed them on to apply that to other areas, whether it's business or whether it's, you know, other hobbies or whatever they wanted to do in life. Absolutely. Um, definitely. definitely so it's it's really huge. Yeah, well, absolutely set you apart. If you get it right and you go through the, the deal, you'll be that much more prepared for life. So one more little thing. If guys want, I don't know if they ever go to my website, but I have a huge yep. section of self-improvement stuff that guys can go through. So if they go there, which is hypnotica.org, they can get all kinds of interviews. Like, if you don't mind, I'll probably put this interview up. There's just lots of good yep. stuff that's on there. There's free trances for confidence. There's a lot of free stuff for guys that are at any level. So if they have that, feel free to pop over there and check it out because of the fact that, you know, I'm this in this for the long haul and I want to make sure that guys can follow that path that I have so they, they do it a lot faster than I did and learn a lot faster than I did. So I just wanted to throw that in there as well. Hypnotica, which is H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-C-A dot org. All right, great. Thanks for that, man. It's been great having you on. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks, Angel. Take care, buddy. All right, ciao. Okay, bye. You can find out more about today's podcast and dating instructor on Dating Skills Review. Google Dating Skills Review or Dating Skills Podcast and you'll be there. For first-timers on the podcast, Dating Skills Review is the largest database of dating advice on the planet. If it exists, we have it. Before you do anything else, read anything else, listen to anything else about dating, sex, or attraction, download our free manual, Fast Track, Seven Rules to Get Good with Women in Months, Not Years. You can download it right from the Dating Skills Review homepage, that's datingskillsreview.com. It will teach you the best-in-class learning strategy that the top dating instructors in the world have used to get good with women. Readers say it's flawless. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Those reviews help to increase our iTunes ranking and spread the word. Dating Skills Review wouldn't be what it is today without your feedback and support, so a big thanks there. This is Angel Donovan from Dating Skills Review. Get working on those skills hard this week because next week we're taking another step up to mastering your dating life. Dating Skills Podcast is brought to you by Dating Skills Review. Dating Skills Review is the Amazon.com of dating advice for men. If it exists, we have it. We help you find the best advice fast, so you can get good with women in months, not years. 
Learn more at www.datingskillsreview.com.